deep in the Scottish pine forests, a murder was being planned. A thick covering of pine needles coated the ground. The forest was completely silent, and on the trees, a group of woolly aphids clustered around the pine needles on the branch, without any fear. But their world would shortly change forever, and their woolly coatings wouldn't save them, because a killer was about to strike. She was perfectly camouflaged, in fact, her brown colouring ensured. She looked just like part of the wood. She moved towards the aphids, not making any sound, and then she struck, carrying one aphid away to its doom. Her exploits have earned her the title, The Obliterator. But who was this mysterious stranger? Well, all will become very clear very shortly. In Season 1, Episode 5 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust, a podcast dedicated to ladybirds. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 5 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. I'm your host, Rachel. So I've had quite a busy week and I do apologise for the delay. And before I start, I do want to recommend a podcast, which is something last week I forgot to do. So this podcast is called The Abandoned Carousel. And every week, the host, Ashley, takes a deep dive into the history of abandoned theme parks across the world. The most recent one I listened to was discussing Dog Pats USA a theme park based on a Depression-era comic strip called Little Abner. She goes into the theme park's history, the successes, the problems, and finally, the reason why it was abandoned. So, we have something slightly different on the show today. I'll be including a clip from an interview I did. It was my first ever interview for this show, and unfortunately, it didn't really entirely go to plan. The interview was with Deborah Torrance, who does the music at the end of each episode. And I decided to ask Deborah on the show to discuss her finding of a large ladybird. And my apologies for the poor sound in the interview. I actually had to get rid of most of it because the sound really lagged. And so for much of the recording, we appear to be talking over each other. So I'm really sorry about that. So anyway, without further ado, here's my interview with Deborah. So Deborah, do you want to introduce yourself and um, 
like say a little bit about yeah about say sure um David Thorne from Formal Guy I am a digital artist and amateur ukulele player as uh, you heard on the intro music if you have an infestation make big birth on your salvation <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love all of the natural world like I I, I just I love I love it. But in particular, I really like insects. Yeah. So Deborah recently found a large ladybird and it's got an amazing scientific name. Do you want to say what it is? Oh, you're putting it on me. The Oblita oh wait, Oblita Yeah. No. Yeah, the Aphidecta Oblita Yeah. But I'll the Aphid Detective because it's such a... It is, <laughs> it is an amazing name. It sounds like the, the aphids are being obliterated. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... They're amazing. They're amazing little things. They look exactly like a coffee bean. A tiny little coffee mm. bean. And I, I spotted when I found my prized large ladybird uh, that I have covered. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had just, I had made a really shoddy bird box out of an old uh, like kind of coke box and some felt and stuff and I was going out just to make sure no animal had actually decided to live in it because I don't think it was up to EU standards but uh, or regulations. I was worried about a bird actually living in it and on the top of the screen felt roof was this little tiny, tiny thing that I actually thought was a bud off the bush that's next to it maybe falling and I went oh my god it's a ladybird it had two go stripes yeah. really beautiful but it's tiny like just a few millimeters I think what is it four to yeah, five millimeters it's not, it's, it's not very big I mean I've I've personally never seen one I would really I would really like to see one it's on my list of ladybirds that I really want to see I've got a I've, this is a bit weird but I've got a, a I've got the uh book like sort of complete guide the field guide to ladybirds of britain and ireland and uh, and there's like a table of contents in the front and as i see each ladybird i'm actually ticking them off and the large ladybird is something that i really want to find but i've 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 never found it unfortunately so i'm very envious of you <laughs> <laughs> i was so because as you know, I hadn't seen many ladybirds. I'd had one land on me, but I was too excited I'd to Aww. get a photograph in time. <laughs> and then, uh, and I was pretty sure it was an 11 spot. And then I've seen some seven spots, but this was so unusual and mm. really striking. Maybe still, really, it's really quite beautiful, and it seemed to really like the green felt. So my top tip to get your Large ladybirds is make yeah something <laughs> and put a birch tree next to some bushes and at some point uh, you might get a wee lady yeah no I I that's certainly something to um recommend because I think I've because we've got a we've got a bird feeder and I found a few ladybirds I mean they were mostly like harlequin and yeah harlequins on the on the bird feeder. And I don't know whether they they've gone to something, um, whether they whether they're eating some of the seeds or what they're doing recently, really. But there must be something that they that they like. So I suppose um, 
I suppose maybe like tiny little bugs on the seeds. I don't don't really know. Yeah, yeah. could have fallen oh, off a bird. That's a good point. Some pigeon mates. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you mentioned that it that it looks like a that it looks like a sort of a like a coffee bean. I mean, I when I saw a photo of the large neighbor, I thought it's it kind of almost looks like a piece of wood, doesn't it? Yeah, like yeah. if you if you do gardening at all, and you, like the wee buds that come on uh, your your uh, like your bushes, like that's what it sort of looks like, just like a wee sort of tiny tiny little perfectly camouflaged mm. vicious creature that's <laughs> going to eat all the aphids. And the they eat, so they eat well, scale insects, right. and they also I think they yeah they eat scale insects. Mm-hmm. They um they also eat something called woolly aphids, which lives um, woolly aphids live on oh. conifers and um they live in the pine oh. needles and they eat the pine needles and the ladybird, the larch ladybird, comes and eats them. Yeah. We've got lots of pine uh, pine across the road, so I wonder if it's just had a wee fly in for a wee Yeah. What is that bright green thing? It could be. I mean, I've also heard, um, you mentioned before that you thought it could have come from the silver birch. Apparently. Yeah, we've got a very big silver birch uh, that sort of overhangs the garden. And we get a lot of really cool insects, hoverflies, and really interesting wee beasties. So I think it's maybe, it's more than likely fell off that. It's quite a big, imposing yeah. So I wonder if more live up there might be a large. It could well be. I mean, I actually, I originally thought, I originally thought it only lived on large, but it turns out that towards the end of the summer, which we're in now, the large ladybird doesn't only go on conifer trees, and it also goes on deciduous trees, like normal trees that have their leaves falling off every year. So it's kind of quite, it's quite diverse in what it can eat yeah and also i oh. heard that the interesting fact about the larch tree a larch tree actually has although it's a conifer and it has needles it loses its needles every year so maybe that's another factor maybe it's lost maybe they're starting to lose their leaves and it's going on to other things yeah oh that's cool like very no adaptable yeah adaptable so things. what did you do with the ladybird once you found it did you just so I took photographs excitedly. Oh yeah, uh, I think you were the first person I sent them to. Uh, mm. I phoned my niece because she's really into bugs, and I showed her a little sort of, you know, oh, yeah. those live image captures of it moving. Um, it was very active. Yeah. It was just sort of sitting in the sunshine. Uh, there wasn't really anything on the felt that I seen it was eating or that. Uh, I just had a wee look about, made sure there was no more. Um, I've got the side where I had put this little makeshift box up. There's like nettles and roses. You know, maybe it was like a buffet. Maybe it just came down yeah. to a wee snack on something. Yeah, maybe. But... So welcome back. So unusually, for a conspicuous cochinellid, it's taken me about five times to say that properly. The large ladybird is brown and usually has no spots or very small ones, very slight little spots. And when you see photos of it, the ladybird really does look wooden. 
as mentioned in the interview, it really does. It really does look like a piece of wood or a coffee bean from all the photos that I've seen of it. And it's very small. It's only about four to five millimetres long. It's quite narrow and elongated. It does have these little go faster stripes mentioned in the interview or small spots on the outer edge with one long line in between its wing cases. The lava does look somewhat like a seven spot, but it's light grey with a few yellow patches on the outside and dark legs. And the pupa follows the same pattern. Now, during the episode on the pie ladybird, you might remember that I mentioned a study of ladybirds to determine which is the most poisonous. And if you remember, the pine ladybird was the third most poisonous. The study measured the toxicity of several different species, including the orange ladybird, the larch ladybird, the 14 spot, the two spot, and the pine ladybird coming in at number three. It was entitled Signal Honesty and Predation Risk Among a Closely Related Group of Aposomatic Species, and it was published in 2015 by Lisa Arenas, Dominic Water, and Martin Stevens. So, aposomatic colouring is a display of colours such as orange, black and red, which advertises how poisonous an animal is as a deterrent to predators. So, some examples of this are cinnabar moths and the poison arrow frogs in the Amazon jungle. But the seven spot and the pie ladybird both display aposomatic colouring, as does the 14 spot and the 22 spot. But... While the large ladybird does belong to the group known as the conspicuous ladybirds, unlike a beetle like Rhizobius latura, for instance, which is inconspicuous, it is still quite well camouflaged. And as it relies so heavily on its camouflage, you might not be surprised to learn that Aphidecta obliterata was the least poisonous of all the species examined in that study. The large ladybird eats woolly aphids or adelgids, Adelgids belong to the Adelgidae family, and these insects are a separate but related group to aphids. They're often classified as being in the superfamily Aphidoidae, or in the Philoroxoroidae, which is another closely related family. These aphid-like insects are covered with waxy coatings, and they cause a huge amount of damage to conifers every year. They can ruin trees. They, they are generally just very bad news to have. And according to Gardening Know-How, Woolly aphids can feed on leaves, bark, buds, twigs, and even roots. And because it feeds on woolly aphids, the larch ladybird has been introduced in conifer forests into the US and Canada for biological control. And what that happened there, unfortunately, the balsam woolly aphid was introduced by mistake to America, where it became an invasive species and started causing mischief. And as the ladybird was one of its natural predators, it was imported to control it. Now, while the large ladybird is usually found on conifers, it doesn't really have to be, particularly towards the end of the season. And as mentioned, larch is an unusual tree because it is one of the few conifers which are deciduous and they lose their leaves in winter. The large ladybird will start looking for a different habitat as the night starts to draw in and the temperatures start to drop and food starts to become scarcer. And it will start to overwinter as an adult. Now, because the ladybird is designed for pine forests in Scotland and other cold parts of the world, it can withstand cold temperatures through supercooling. A 1980 study by Parry found that the large ladybird will lower its body temperature to as much as minus 30 to conserve energy and enable it to survive the winter for many months. And the less the ladybird is eaten, the cooler it will make itself to make its fat reserves last longer. 
And additionally, the ladybird's respiration will reduce in the period leading up to its hibernation and during hibernation. And once it's come out, once it's woken up, the respiration rate will increase again. But unfortunately, during the winter, a significant number of large ladybirds do die from fungal infection, lack of water and low temperatures. And indeed, when the ladybird was introduced to northeastern Canada, it was largely unsuccessful because it was actually too cold. So, what does obliterata actually mean in Latin? Well, I looked up the word in the Latin dictionary online, and while obliterata doesn't appear, the singular form, which would be obliteratus, is there, along with oblitero, obliterare, and obliteravi. And it means either to assign to oblivion, or cause to be forgotten, fall into disuse, or to disappear. And that is certainly an appropriate description of what this ladybird will do to aphids on your conifer trees. The waxy coatings aren't really a problem, as the ladybirds will eat the wax, and it will even eat regular conifer aphids too. So, have you seen a large ladybird? Was it on felt again? Was it on larch, maybe? Or was it on something entirely different? I'd be really interested to hear about it again. I really hope, once again, you've enjoyed this episode. And once again, sorry for the delay and for the poor audio quality during the interview. It was only the first time where I've actually attempted to record someone else as well as myself. And I'm learning about it all the time. I do have a few more interviews lined up where the sound quality will hopefully be far better. And I also want to state that I'll be starting a new feature, which is called Cochinella Day, you know. And every week I'll ask a different ladybird fact and you can get in touch with the right answer. This week's question is, what is a pristernal keel? And that is, what is a pristernal keel? You might want to listen to all the other episodes that I've done so far to learn what the answer is. And thank you so much to Deborah for not only recording the interview once, but also twice. And for the music at the end of the episode. The music at the start of the show is Boardroom Walk by Cascad Caxpistapirco. And if you also want to be on the show, please message the Facebook page at Hidden Wings and Bloodlust Podcast or send me a message on 365.ladybird at Instagram. And likewise, if you have any other comments or want to leave a review, you can sign up either on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. And also you can sign up to my Patreon should you want to at www.patreon.com slash hidden wings and bloodlust. Thank you very much, and I'll see you next time. Bye for now. The end line.